Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Money FM 89.3. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, many of us had to test new work arrangements when the world went into lockdown in 2020. I'm sure some of you have vivid memories of this. The massive work from home experiment brought about by the circuit breaker and social distancing measures, all of these things have forced organizations to rethink how and where work can be done. Although I do know many companies are forcing their employees back to the office. But according to RGF international recruitment, 61% of Singapore employers intend to continue flexible work beyond the pandemic, with 65% considering it a key factor for work-life harmony or work-life balance. A Straits Times survey recently also found that 8 in 10 workers prefer flexible working arrangements. 1 in 10 prefers to return to the office full-time. So there are those individuals too. Now, while companies had to grapple with changes during the pandemic, schools have been impacted in many ways as well. You would know, right? Especially if you have children, HBL, home-based learning. Teachers, students, parents had to scramble when all of this came about. This shed light on many challenges and a harsh underlying truth of socioeconomic inequalities and digital inequalities as well. Like the workplace, hybrid learning has been tried and tested. But what are the benefits and challenges ahead? Is it here to stay? Ethan Lee joins us now. He is VP of AFPOINT and Chief Strategy Officer of Maven Point. Hi, Ethan. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So you guys provide learning, a hybrid learning approach as well. What's the feedback been like? So I think hybrid learning has been um, with us, especially starting from the pandemic, you know, in the past two to three years of time. And I think a lot of educational institutions as well as companies they have embraced uh, the beauty of you know, adopting this kind of technology in their workplaces as well as schools. So I think I would say like, you know, the whole society has been adopting hybrid learning quite well today already. The thing is, I mentioned earlier that all of this also shed light. It also put the spotlight on socioeconomic inequalities. Yeah. I mean, when it happened for schools here in Singapore, a lot of kids didn't have access to Wi-Fi, for instance, didn't have access to proper working laptops as well. So how do you bridge those gaps in order to make hybrid learning a reality for everyone, a seamless, easy reality. Right. So we see this, you know, technology as the enabler, but fundamentally, how do we see um, the definition of hybrid learning is really a combination of still in-person trainings and learning experiences that everyone is having um, with, you know, all those online learning experiences they're having. Also, depending on the business needs, businesses as well as schools, they could go uh, with a combination of these two to sort of achieve that ultimate goal of hybrid learning. And, you know, students could, on one side, have all the face time, you know, with teachers as well as, you know, faculty members from the school. And on the other side, when they need to work independently on their studies, on their, you know, individual assignments and projects they're working on within the school, they could go back and work, um, you know, during those off days as well. So I think most, more importantly um, for hybrid learning is really giving people and students, you know, and our learners all these kind of opportunities and options to choose from and to really decide what's the best fit for them depending on, you know, their nature or depending on their behavior of learning over there. But considering that I mentioned the socioeconomic inequalities that came to light during that period, 
What yep. should be done in order to ensure that these don't become an issue as we mm. move forward? Yeah, so I think it's to, um, like what I said, it's to embrace uh, the power of technologies these days. I think uh, Make it accessible, thing. right? Make it easy to access for everyone regardless. Yes. And so until to, you do that, it's not going to be ideal. Yes. So um, I think technology is, uh, is basically an enabler that allows a lot of people to get access to, you know, all those uh, educational related materials as well as content, as well as knowledge from anywhere, from, you know, any uh, devices um, at any time. So I think, you know, from a, from a school kind of context, a quick example that we're having these days is online education, whereby it, it basically opens doors to um, access as well as equity, where people are not really required to travel far distances, you know, to schools, to pay for transportation. They do not have to be restricted by geographic locations where quality professors, for example, quality professors courses, they can be made available and accessible from all over the world. You don't necessarily have to be in that country to go and take all those courses. And I think people are also um, in a learning environment um, that might be more suitable for their learning needs as well. Like what I mentioned earlier on, people are having choices these days where, you know, there might be students with physical and learning, you know, special needs, where, you know, now these days they can actually learn at their own pace and, you know, not having to sort of manage all that kind of physical challenges anymore. Mm. What about in countries where, you know, the infrastructure just isn't up to scratch, where the Wi-Fi isn't great, where people don't have access to tablets or PCs or laptops? That's a great question. That's a great question. So I think a lot of technology companies like us, when we are trying to kind of solve this kind of problem, we always produce technologies that actually allows people to, you know, work offline at their own pace as well. So you don't necessarily have to get access to the internet all the time. And whenever you have a proper access, or, you know, all those work that you are doing online can be brought offline to sort of um, work at your own pace as well. So I think, you know, as one of the technology providers out there, such as, you know, Maven Point, we offer platforms that prioritize, uh, you know, that basically embrace um, inclusiveness and prioritize all the experience of various types of learners, um, you know, as our top priorities that work, work in, when we are working on our technologies of that. Now, some of uh, the students that I've spoken to in the corporate world who are currently doing hybrid courses yep. as a way to upskill or reskill, they've said that actually they would prefer to just go back to a fully face-to-face <laughs> type learning environment because it helps them concentrate better. When it's online or hybrid, it does get sometimes quite distracting if you're not in the right environment. Uh, what yep. to do about individuals like this? Because frankly, we are all different, right? And we each learn differently. If we want to talk about optimal learning experiences for everyone, how exactly should courses be configured? So um, I think a lot of times where people are having this misperception about, you know, online learning or hybrid learning is less engaging and motivating than in-person trainings in a physical classroom, because a lot of people are feeling that, you know, it is lacking that kind of human touch and, you know, all the kind of interactions they could have. But as technology involves, it is not really true. When, you know, in our conversation with our clients and, you know, a lot of HR experts as well as corporations out there, we find that their main challenge they're facing today is really the technical know-how of, you know, how do they ensure the in-person experience of learning is not really lost 
is carried on when they are translating online. I think a lot of people are struggling of figuring out, you know, what are the stuff they need to do, they need to implement in terms of achieving that goal. And also, um, a lot of times, they are coupled with the company's hesitation on whether this kind of exercise is truly being completed and helpful to all those online learners as well. And a lot of companies, they're also struggling in terms of measuring those return of investment on all the uh, effort as well as money they put inside, um, you know, learning and development over there. Mm, the thing is, the teachers, the instructors need to know how to keep students engaged remotely as well. So yep. clearly they've had to reinvent the way they teach. Any tips for individuals who are looking to liven up their online lessons? So um, when it comes to individuals, right, we're talking about, are we talking about learners or we're talking about educators? Let's talk about educators. Sure. So for educators, I think um, at these days, people need to be uh, equipped need to be equipped with the right tools. Um, and also a lot of, I'm not sure whether you heard, like a lot of institutions, they're transforming, um, you know, they're doing, going through this kind of digital transformation, especially in the past three years during the pandemic, where people are looking for the right tools to sort of accomplish the right goals they want to do when it comes to teaching. And I think for teachers, for educators specifically, we can sort of put that into two categories, whereby when it comes to academic learning, all those teachers, they can look out for, you know, all those digital learning tools, or teaching tools to help them to sort of carry on that experience into the virtual environment. And on the other side, when it comes to, like these days, we talk a lot about, you know, how do we help students to develop their social and emotional skills? So I think that's the space where, you know, why we are embracing hybrid learning in terms of pure online learning here, where, you know, teachers could also um, have an option whereby they could bring all the students back and have a bit of, a, you know, FaceTime together with the students to solve their problems as well. So I think that's um, our take on how we could, you know, or how those educators to sort of improve in this kind of digital era. Uh, the thing is, hybrid learning has also sparked worries about new issues such as cheating. Yes. How do you overcome something like that? So cheating is a, is a long-going topic within the education space, um, honestly speaking. So I think in the very beginning of the pandemic, there was a story that was, uh, that was viral on the, on, on the network whereby, I'm not sure whether they had a story, where you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, some schools they would ask students to jump on a virtual call and do things like, you know, turning on the cameras so that, you know, the school staff could look at them if they're cheating or not during examinations, which is terrifying for students of, you know, being stared at behind the camera for like a couple of hours. And it's extremely painful for school staff as well. Imagine you like looking at many, many faces, one big screen all the time. I'm pretty sure it's not as enjoyable as watching a few hours long movies over there. But I think uh, fundamentally, it's more for um, you know schools to sort of think about how do they shift from predominant examinations to digital assessments for evaluation. Um, but it has been a long and painful process to do a lot of challenges and changes going on required for curriculums. But technologies um, as the enabler will be able to sort of transform and secure all those examinations and, and assessments going on. So a quick example about what we do at, at Maven Point is we provide advanced technologies such as AI to sort of help schools, educators to secure that assessment environment um, comes together with things like, you know, proctoring services, facial recognition, you know, all those buzzwords that is going up over there. And meanwhile, all the school stuff, they could have control on the students' access to the internet and other resources as well while they are taking the test. So schools that have more options these days to 
conduct more um, you know, examinations or assessments re- um, remotely. Now, Ethan, finally, as we look ahead to the future with talk of the metaverse, Web3 trends, what yep. are you anticipating in terms of future edtech trends? Yeah, you know, metaverse, you know, AI, all those uh, buzzwords that is going on over there. So I think we, if we look at the short term future, um, we believe that hybrid learning is here to stay, where educators, they can leverage um, online learning tools as well as, you know, in-person schooling by playing up their, their benefits. Like what I mentioned earlier on, to do a bit of a mix of both. And, you know, having in-person days to be collaborative and discussion-based and a remote days focused on reading, researches as well and individual tasks and projects. And on the other side, you know, in, in the long future, you know, when I think the beauty, once again, the beauty of adopting hybrid learning is also as technology evolves, people will get more benefits. And I think eventually, you know, we don't want this kind of online learning to be an alternative of physical learning, but essentially you will be, you know, integrated with the physical learning environment where people don't even feel that they are sort of disconnected around different environments over there. So that's how we see the future to be. Thanks very much for your time today, Ethan. Ethan Lee, VP of AvPoint and Chief Strategy Officer of MavenPoint. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.